Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life from music, career, family and relationships and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that sometimes are hard to have with other people. Well, we're not ashamed to have those conversations right here. So join me as I spill tea on every topic you ever thought about, talked about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Hey, it's Makita, and I'm spilling a little tea. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then let Buzzsprout help you get started. It's easy, fun, and best of all, you can start for free. Buzzsprout can help you get your message out to all the major podcast channels, as well as give you tips to help you make your podcast a success. Click on the link below or go to buzzsprout.com to get started and join over a thousand podcasters just like me who are already using Buzzsprout. And that's the tea. Welcome back. It is time for tea with Makita. Today, we are spilling some hot, delicious, juicy tea today. Get your pen and your notepad so you can take some notes because we are spilling tea with sex and relationship coach Arzeria, aka the Pussy Fairy. I just want to first of all, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about a topic that I feel most women feel embarrassed to talk about. It's one of those things We're all doing, yet no one wants to really talk about it. So I am honored to have you here to really bring back some empowerment for women to talk about their sexuality and embrace it in a way that is empowering to them. Oh, thank you so much for that introduction. I am so excited to be here and talk about all the juicy things with your listeners. Yes, we are definitely ready to hear all the juicy things. Sex is a topic so taboo. People, you know, shun from it or they want to hear all about it. (laughs) It's a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So my name is Azaria. And again, I am a sex and relationship coach. I work with moms. I work with couples. I work with women around finding more pleasure in and out of the bedroom and really just reigniting that spark, that excitement, that like mojo back into their life, into their bedrooms, into their relationships, like all the good stuff. Yes. So what led you to your journey? Like how did that transition? Yeah. So I've always been very curious, even as a young child, I was just really curious about bodies. I was curious about how everything worked. And so I was one of those kids that always asked parents those awkward questions. And I was just directed to like books and and, um, the library. So I had a really kind of like factual upbringing around sex and relationships and bodies. And I'm really, really, really grateful for that. So I had a very healthy relationship with sexuality, with my body growing up. 
But unfortunately, I did experience sexual abuse, and that really brought me to feel so disconnected from my relationships, so disconnected from my own body, so disconnected from sex. And I really felt like I wanted to be able to feel good again in my relationships, to form healthy relationships, to form um, like to be really, really excited and feel good about the sexual choices that I was making to thrive in the bedroom, like not only just participating in sex, just because my partner wanted it or feeling like sex was just like, eh, not really that exciting. Like I wanted to feel freaking amazing. And so my sexual healing journey really, it, you know, it's, it's a long, <laughs> long journey, but feeling so empowered on the other side and feeling so incredibly grateful for all of these tools that I've learned along the way. I'm so passionate about sharing all the incredible things that I've learned and especially just finding ways to feel like you're thriving in the bedroom, not just like having regular sex that you're like, eh, not really that excited about it. Like there is so much more to sex. There's so much more to relationships and I'm just so fired up about sharing that with the world. <laughs> yes. And I like the fact that you said you you had an upbringing that allowed you to, to look up that information. I, my upbringing was not the same. Like I remember my mom sitting on my bed trying to tell me about the birds and the bees. And all I could think about was, please leave. <laughs> 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 like it was just, it. none of it made sense. But when my kids got, I, I think I've been talking to my kids about six, since, I mean, sex since they were like five or six years old. Because sex is everywhere. You shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it, you know, to know what you want in the bedroom, to express that to your partners. But there's so much stigma like, oh, it's private. Well, it's everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing, really just empowering and educating is such a huge key because when you when you know what to expect and you know what's going on, then it's so much easier to form healthy relationships and a healthy relationship towards sex and a healthy attitude and a sex positive attitude towards it, right? Like I think mm-hmm. education is such a huge piece that is missing in our society. And also there there's an emotional aspect to that too, right? I think that what we are still missing in our sex education in society is really that that pleasure focused, right? And and how to actually be in relationships, how to really talk about your emotions, how to deal, right, with relationships, how to talk about trauma, all of these things that are actually so, so, so important and such huge parts of relating to people, having sex relationships in general, right? There needs to be way more conversations around that. And like you said, around the pleasure part, because a lot of people, you know, you're growing up and you're a teenager and as you get to adulthood, if you don't ever talk to anyone that lets you know, like sex should be enjoyable, like you should be having pleasure. And sometimes that pleasure starts with, with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the thing is that most of, you know, the young people, teens out there, they're getting all of their information from pornography, mainstream pornography. And they grow up with the idea that like, okay, this is, this is how we do it. This is what it's all about. And there's so much wrong with mainstream pornography and there isn't really any, it's not really pleasure focused. Right. So 
That is something that I think is so, so, so important to talk about because pleasure-focused sex is so much more enjoyable than goal-oriented sex, right? Performative sex. Sex for pleasure can just be such a beautiful journey into awakening the senses. It can really bring you into your body. And also, it's just so beautiful to have both parties or, I don't know, maybe more parties if that's your thing. (laughs) But like everyone involved should feel so good about the sex that they're having. When you're coaching, um, whether it's a couple or just one person on, you know, one-on-one, what is the most biggest issue most people come up to say as far as like sex for them, like the intimacy? Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with um, initiating. That's a huge thing. And I get a lot of just really struggling to actually relax in the bedroom and to feel like that sense of freedom to share what they like, to talk about what they don't like, to relax, like just get out of their heads and into their bodies. I find that for women, that's a huge thing. It's like being able to switch from everything that they're doing in the day and then just all of a sudden move into sex. Like that is a huge thing. And another big thing that comes up a lot for lots of my clients and especially my couples is like mismatched libidos. So one person is really in the mood and one person isn't. And how to navigate through that can be a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. It definitely can, especially when you talk about the transition from getting home and then becoming the sex goddess. And <laughs> But then does that kind of kind of go hand in hand with the, the goal oriented sex? Like, you know, because there's pleasure, you said there's goal oriented, you know, it's, it's a lot of different things and knowing what you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I think really what, what we're missing here is just that time, right? And a lot of us don't really take the time to give our bodies enough time to transition from one to the other, especially for, if you're a cis woman, it can take 30 to 40 minutes for your body to actually be ready for penetration. So for the blood to get flowing in all the right places, for all of the juices to get really, really, really juicy and for everything to swell so that it just feels really nice and cushiony and warm in there, right? So all of those physiological things can actually take 30 to 40 minutes. And by that time, most of the time, people are already done having sex, right? So yes. Really just recognizing that it does, it does take a while for us to settle in our bodies. And so when we come into sex and we're like, okay, we're going to have sex when the kids are asleep. So then eight o'clock, nine o'clock rolls around. Then all of a sudden you're supposed to switch, right? It, it takes a while for, for us to really gear down and to really get in the mood and to practice and integrate some foreplay and for your body to get ready. Right. And most of the time we just expect our bodies to be like, all right, get the loop, let's go. Right. So there's not really a lot of time that we give ourselves in order to actually let our bodies do its thing naturally. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got 15 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think for, for busy, you know, if you, whether you have kids, whether you have crazy work schedules, whether you're just freaking tired, like I get it. But the really beautiful thing is that you can actually extend your foreplay throughout the day. This is what I always recommend to couples who are really struggling with that is like start your foreplay outside of the bedroom. And it doesn't even have to be something crazy. Like text each other what you're going to do later tonight, right? Like get each other in the mood, get each other excited about it. 
maybe a couple hours before, like even while the kids are awake, just share like a really juicy five minute kiss, right? Mm -hmm. That is something that can get you super excited because so often we go from not connecting to then being on top of each other. And it's like, whoa, I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. (laughs) Yes. Like you didn't even ask me how my day was going. Like, hold on. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where that huge connection piece is missing is like start to build that intimacy, that excitement, that connection outside of the bedroom so that the transition just feels a little bit easier when it's time to get intimate. Now, I've talked to other women and I think some of their part is like owning their sexiness when it comes to getting in the bedroom and then getting over the embarrassment. Cause if you have kids, a lot of people are worried about, you know, like, you know, are the kids really asleep? (laughs) You know, how do we, how do we go about this? Because, you know, you're worried about the kids busting the door, banging on the door, or just bringing that whole sexy attitude prior to having kids or, you know, depending on what's going on. Totally. And, and I mean, I have kids too, so I, I totally know that feeling, especially with our littlest one, she's one and a half and she still sleeps in our bedroom. So we have to get really creative when it comes to, (laughs) when it comes to sex. And I think also just recognizing that if you're a parent, if you have kids, those things are going to happen, but First of all, sex is natural and sometimes it's just really good to just go with it anyways and just embrace the time that you do have together because it is your time to connect and it is really important to have that time and share that time, especially as parents, right? Especially just to prioritize you outside of being like, mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad, right? Like all of, all of these things is like, you have to actually really prioritize your own identity, which includes a healthy sex life. So whether the kids are around or not, um, really just inviting you to embrace that, like feeling that you did have maybe before you had kids and just going with it. Yes. You might be interrupted, but you can get back at it again. Like it's okay. Yes. Okay. Right. And, and and especially just really recognizing that sex does shift after you have kids and it doesn't shift forever. And it doesn't have to look the exact same way forever because, you know, we go through different phases where they're a little bit more independent and when they're really small, they might need us a little bit more. So just being able to adapt and, and use sex as a playground and get really excited about being curious on how you can make it work. Right. Because, just because you have kids doesn't mean your sex life is doomed. Actually, it can be even more exciting because this is an opportunity for you to get really, really creative. Yes, definitely. I think getting out your head and your ideas about sex and realizing that it is natural, like we wouldn't be here if they won't have in it. (laughs) And it is a great time to connect with your partner. You know, it, it is. It's so, so incredibly important. And I think that it's really easy to prioritize your kids or prioritize your work or prioritize everything else other than your sex life, because it's something that for us just seems so natural and it comes easily, but it is something that we have to continue to work on. And intimacy is something that we have to continue to cultivate in a relationship. 
And we aren't really taught that this is really important, right? We just all think like sex, sex is natural, like sex is normal. We should all know how to do it. And it's just something that's going to continue. But what happens is life gets really busy. And if we don't prioritize our sex life, if we don't prioritize pleasure, if we don't prioritize our intimate connection with our partner, it can just take the back burner real quick. It's so easy to be like, eh, you know what? <laughs> let's just let's just wait a couple of days. Like I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that, right? It's easy. But if we even just take 10 minutes to practice intimacy together, and it, it, it doesn't mean that you have to have sex, right? Like you can do so many other things, but just taking 10 minutes at the end of the day to really, really be so intentional with each other can go a long way in relationships. It can go such a long way. I like how you said that you don't have to be intimate to have intimacy. And I think some people Absolutely. are so confused about the two. There's a difference. <laughs> Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think that even a lot of the times we think that, okay, if we are going to be intimate tonight, we're going to have to have sex. And sex is like the only thing that the only option out there, right? But there's so many other ways to cultivate intimacy and to be close and to experience pleasure with another. And sometimes we just forget that like, oh yeah, we have a bunch of other choices. And here's where it's really great. If you have mismatched libidos, maybe you're not in the mood for sex. Maybe you're tired, right? Like take some time to really close your eyes and think like, what would I actually really like right now instead of having sex? Mm -hmm. Maybe you want a nice back rub, right? Maybe you want to spend some time with your partner, like stroking your skin and offering you compliments, like telling you five things that they love about you, right? Or maybe your partner just wants to like hold you and just spend some time like being really close naked, mm -hmm. right? There's so many other things that we can do to feel really, really connected. So many other things to feel pleasure, so many other things to feel that spark, right? And that excitement about each other without the pressure of having to have sex. And this is still a way to feel really good about your relationship. And I think we have to stop defining sex as penetrative sex, right? Like there's other ways to have sex. And maybe this way you might be realizing that you have more sex than you usually do, right? Like oral is sex. Like there's so many other things. Like people are like, oh, like we haven't had sex in a month, but I had oral sex like six times. So there you go. <laughs> Add it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I also think it's important, you know, being intimate with yourself as well, because some, like a lot of people don't want to talk about it, but I think, you know, you have to start with yourself and your own self-pleasure and intimacy before you can really take that into relationship to share what you like with anyone else. Absolutely. Self-pleasure is so, so important. And this is one of my favorite topics to chat about because how we self-pleasure, how we show up for ourselves in self-pleasure is exactly how we're going to show up in sex in the bedroom as well. So take a moment to think about that. Like that is huge, right? If you think about your self-pleasure practice, if you think about how you show up in your self-pleasure practice, how you relate self-pleasure, all of these ways can really translate in how we show up in sex, how we show up in the bedroom. 
So really getting to know your own body, what you like, what you don't like, what feels really yummy, what you want more of, the speed, like all of these things are so, so, so important because oftentimes we expect our partners to know, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that we like, but mm-hmm. then a lot of times we don't even really know how to express that. And so then sometimes what can happen is you can feel frustrated when your partner isn't doing the thing properly. And you're like, well, that wasn't that great. Yeah, that was a waste. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really just learning to figure out what it actually is that you like and being able to voice that can be so empowering in the bedroom. It can really increase that orgasmic capacity. Who doesn't want more orgasms? And it can really just allow you to feel so good about where you are in your pleasure, claiming your pleasure, and just generally a sense of empowerment and confidence in the bedroom because you're like, you know what? This is how I like it. This is what I want. I can show you, I can teach you because everybody is different and we can't expect people to just know our bodies right off the bat. And even if you've been together for so long, Mm-hmm. Our bodies are designed to love that little element of surprise because there's always new things that we can learn about our bodies, right? So self-pleasure is a really huge part in getting to know yourself. It's a really huge part of self-care because when we actually take the time to be with our bodies, to love on our bodies, to be with ourselves, we're also showing and bringing that energy into the bedroom on how our partners are going to treat us because we set the expectation higher and we're also just opening the space for more conversation around what feels nice, more conversation around pleasure, right? And normalizing all of these healthy, healthy conversations in the bedroom. I agree. And having those conversations, sometimes for some people it's hard They don't know how to necessarily bring up, well, we've been doing it this way for 20 years and you want to say that you don't like it now. It's like, I liked it, but now that I know more about who I am and what I like, you know, just bringing that up, what would you say to people like how they can approach those topics? Yeah, I think we so fear hurting people and this piece of rejection and shame and guilt, right? Those are huge, huge, huge elements of why people don't even want to have any conversations in the bedroom in the first place, because we don't want to hurt our partner's feelings and we don't want them to hurt our feelings. But having these conversations is really, really healthy. And a, a beautiful way to do that is just look at sex from a place of curiosity. Like, hey, can we get curious about trying something new? Like, of course we want to explore and expand different ways to feel pleasure, right? Like maybe even, you know, if you've discovered a new way to feel pleasure, you can say, hey, I was actually self-pleasuring and I tried this new thing and I want to try it with you and explore how we can make this feel good together, how we can make it work together, right? Like, looking at it from a place of curiosity rather than like, "Mm, I don't really think you were doing this correctly, (laughs) right? Like we're taking away that, that shame aspect. We're taking away the blame aspect. We're taking away all of these feelings. I'm just getting really curious on how we can increase orgasmic capacity, right? Because there's always more, again, there's always more to learn about the body. And if we just come from a place of like, wow, let's try this new thing together. Or can you try maybe 
a different speed? Or maybe could you try doing it a little bit slower? Maybe could you try this spot, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's always like, look at sex as your playground, look at it as your playground and you just get to explore all the things that feel really good for you. And if, if you're asking somebody to get curious with you, it's more of like an invitation, Mm -hmm. right? There's no, there's no like weird resentment or no weird shaming around it. It's just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's try this out. It's exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, some people think, you know, you always have to have an orgasm to have good sex. And that is not always true. And you can have good sex without having an orgasm as well. Absolutely. You do not have to have an orgasm to have great sex. In fact, they're almost like some of the best sex I've ever had in my entire life has been without an orgasm. And trust me, I've had a lot of good sex. (laughs) I know a lot of tricks and techniques. And so that's the beauty about it is I think we have we have such a, like a specific idea even around what orgasm means, right? So much of what we have learned about orgasms is very cis male focused. We've seen it from the media. We've seen it everywhere, right? And even for the cis woman, if you think about the orgasm, it's very much like clitoral focus. So like really big and expansive and like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But there are so many different types of orgasms in between. And there are so many different other ways of coming to orgasm. Sometimes orgasms can be really subtle and quiet, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be more of like a wave. Sometimes it's more of a loop. Sometimes there's multiple orgasms and sometimes they're just they're just more subtle, right? And there's, there's so many different ways to orgasm. You can have nipple orgasms, you can have G-spot orgasms, you can have anal orgasms, you can have clitoral orgasms. Like there's so many different types of orgasms, cervical orgasms, like full body orgasms. There is such a huge definition of what that means. And so really just sometimes it's good to really focus on what feels pleasurable and follow that rather than bringing the goal oriented sex of like, okay, we have to have sex and I have to have an orgasm at the end of this. Mm -hmm. What would it feel like to shift your idea and be like, what if I just followed the sensations coming up on my body? And what if I just followed pleasure? Like, what if, what if I just followed what feels good? And you might even notice that you have like these subtle peaks, right? These Mm -hmm. subtle waves can feel so delicious in your body and even last for hours after sex. And that can be orgasmic in itself, but you're not like putting that pressure and that goal of having to have a specific orgasm because you might miss out on such juicy sensations that are so delicious along the way. And I like that because that is also a great way when you're building up that um, response with your partner, like you can like text and say, Hey, about last night, (laughs) you know, and, and a great way that you can also kind of let them know, like that, what you did when you did that, I loved it. So you're like putting in little golden nuggets to let them know, like, that's what I like. (laughs) Oh, who doesn't love praise? Like, yes, I love that. Like who doesn't love hearing that they're doing a great job in the bedroom? That is 
so, so beautiful. And that's where that like curiosity and exploration piece can come in. And then like just sharing what they did really incredible can be so, so good. And this just leads to more pleasure for both of you in the bedroom, right? Like we want to find more of a balance in the bedroom, especially in um, hetero relationships, right? There's a huge orgasm gap and they're finding that cis women aren't really coming to orgasm as much as let's say um, women in lesbian relationships, Mm -hmm. right? So there's, there's such huge orgasm gaps in the hetero relationship where um, the cis male is having orgasms all the time and the woman really isn't coming to orgasm that much. So we need to do, we need to do a little bit of damage control here. (laughs) Yes, we do. And it starts with having that conversation with your partner. Because once you start it and you open it up, even if it's with praise or you're like, hey, I'm curious. Once you open that up, it creates a close, a closer bond and trust there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that is such an important part is like trust and safety and communication can just allow you to go so much deeper into intimacy. Because once you start having these conversations, it opens so much room for vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And you're putting yourself out there, but in vulnerability, you go so much deeper. Like there's something about being vulnerable with your partner and them holding you in that and you feeling really good and safe in it. That just like, Ooh, that, that is a turn on all by itself. Like you don't even need anything. You don't even need the lube. Like, <laughs> No, you don't like you're ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really does though. It, that, cause it's vulnerable when you have the conversation and you have to realize that when you're having the conversation about What's it, you know, what do you, what do you want? How do you like to be touched? You know, you're going to also hear it back from the male and you shouldn't take it personal. Like this is a chance that y'all are both sharing because you're feeling vulnerable, but trust me, he's also going to be feeling vulnerable telling you about what his likes are, not worrying about whether you're going to be upset or is he going to hurt your feelings? This is coming from a place of pure love. Absolutely. And we want to really encourage that pleasure in the bedroom. And we want to encourage that those that safe space for these conversations, right? Because again, as you said, it is like a vulnerable thing to share. And you might find something really exciting about your partner. Like, I didn't know you like that. Let's try it. Like this can be such an exciting opportunity. And also this can be a really good opportunity for you to notice where you are holding judgment or shame for yourself around certain things, right? Like that's when you get to notice like, Ooh, okay. Like, but how can I still hold space for my partner, even though this might not be my thing or vice versa. Right. So this is a really, really beautiful opportunity to actually go deeper in the bedroom and also look at where am I holding some things against whatever Mm -hmm. we're talking about. That is, that is really deep right there. (laughs) Yeah. Cause when you're talking about like looking at and seeing like where you're holding that at, like that's a different observation within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's a huge thing. Right. And we don't really know. We don't really know what we're, what we have all these things against until we talk about it. Right. And so this is a really, really good opportunity to look at where am I holding judgment? Where do I have stigmas around something? Where am I holding resistance? Like what, what's the thing that's coming up for me? And this gives you an opportunity to really work through it together and really talk about it together. And 
just notice what's happening inside of you, right? Because this can be this can be a really good opportunity for you even to just go go deeper with yourself and explore that and look at how you can, right? Like create some safety around your own nervous system around that. Mm-hmm. And maybe let go of some some beliefs that you may have been holding on to that are no longer true that you're realizing, you know, don't fit. I mean, so like <laughs> my mother's older. So conversations around sex were like, you know, you be a lady, you act like a lady. We don't talk about stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you grow up and it's like, well, who do I talk to stuff like that about? Because I have more questions. I want to know more about sexuality, about my sexuality, because that is a part of who I am. Absolutely. We come with so many beliefs, so many stories, so much conditioning, right? Especially just with the society that we live in. Maybe you grew up in a religious household, like maybe you've just had messaging around what sex even means. So many things we 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 take all of this with us. And then when we have our relationships or when we're having sex, all of these things come up. And then we have to realize that the other person has their own sets of beliefs and conditioning and narratives and mm-hmm. stories. Being able to work through that can be can be huge. And also just recognizing like what beliefs are actually mine and what beliefs am I just carrying that people have just given me or that I've just taken from the world. Like sometimes it's really, really good to actually take a look at what your ideas and beliefs around sex are, what your ideas and beliefs around masturbation are, what your ideas and beliefs around, right? Like Mm -hmm. your sex life, all of these things. It's good to just like sometimes take a look at it and take inventory of like what actually is me underneath of here? Like what is my truth around all of this? And what beliefs can I actually get rid of because they're not really serving me. Mm-mm, they're not. So how do you practice self-care in your daily life? Mm, okay. So this is a good one. I try to just invite all of pleasure into my life. So a lot of the times people think that pleasure is just sex, which pleasure can be sex, but pleasure is also just inviting your five senses to come and play. So your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, your sense of touch, smell, taste, all of those things, I try to integrate them in my daily life. So whether it's placing a beautiful bouquet of flowers in my office or in my bedroom, right? When I come in the room and I see that, I'm just like, ooh, this is so nice, right? Like keeping my room, like the bedroom, the bedroom, because especially when you have kids, when you have little kids, the bedroom can just turn into like, the kid bedroom all of a sudden. So really just trying to keep our bedroom a space of like excitement and beauty so that when you go in there and you want to have sex, it's like nice, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have like boys everywhere and the TV (laughs) going, right? So really just inviting pleasure into my daily life and doing things with pleasure, like thinking about like, do I actually, does this feel good in my body? Would this bring me pleasure right now or no? And just taking that, that like empowerment around what it means to not just practice pleasure in the bedroom, but also outside of the bedroom. It is so, so juicy to 
bring and invite aspects of feeling good and activating your five senses outside of the bedroom as well. Because when you're in pleasure, when you're feeling sexually empowered, when you're feeling good about your body, when you're feeling good about your space, when you're prioritizing yourself and taking time to just like take care of your body, take care of yourself, just have that solitude, right? Mm -hmm. You feel so empowered. You feel so good. You feel so confident and you're just radiating all of this aliveness and joy in your life. And that translates into the bedroom, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's two-way street. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you incorporate that self-care around all of the the five senses because all those things are so important are what we feel, you know, what we see, especially when you say, you know, like making that bedroom and you go in, there's not toys even all over the place, even though the kids kind of own the bedroom, <laughs> we make yeah, it, we, we turn it back into our space so that when we're there, we're fully in the moment. I love it. <laughs> I have pictures of my kids in my bedroom. I'm like, I don't want to be looking at your cute little faces when there's things going on in there. So like, the bedroom is mine. You can have the rest of the house, but the bedroom that that is my place of solitude. So your little faces are not in there. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You got you got to claim some. You got to take some space, right? And that's that's really just like prioritizing your own identity. Is is sometimes such a huge aspect of self care. A lot of the times it's easy to just think that sexuality, your, your, like your ideas around what it means to be a woman, to feel sexy, right? Like you can be a mom and you can be a fully sexually empowered woman at the same time. You don't have to ditch that just because you're a mom now, like, no, you can maintain your sense of identity and you can be a bad bitch if you want to. You can be all three. Yeah. You can be all three. Yes. To maintain your sense of identity is a huge, huge aspect of self-care and pleasure because that's where you're really going to feel like yourself. That's where you're going to find that balance, right? And when you prioritize those things, you just show up so much better, whether that's in motherhood, whether that's at work, whether that's in your relationship, right? So pleasure is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. And when you're happy and you're actually pleasured very well. your energy is so different. Like, because you're, you're happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's that glow. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It really, really. Yes. The pleasure glow. I like that. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Yeah. Oh, well, how can people connect with you? past this podcast, how can they follow you? How can they connect with you? And if they're interested in your coaching services, where can they go? Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm always hanging around there at azaria.menezes. I have a website, www.azariamenezes.com. I also have a super juicy podcast called Getting Intimate. I talk about all things pleasure, all things, how you can increase your pleasure factor in the relationship, in the bedroom, lots of juicy stuff on there. And you can just find me in the Getting Intimate Facebook group where we talk shamelessly (laughs) and unapologetically about sex. (laughs) Well, I definitely love your podcast. I have been tuning in and learning a lot of juicy stuff. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like it. I do too. <laughs> I'm going to have to sign because up for the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and spilling so much delicious, delicious juicy tea on all things sex and relationships and, you know, really shedding a light on how important that is and how it transcends into part of our self-care and having those healthy relationships. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I loved, loved being on this episode with you. And yeah, I love that you invited me on here to talk about this because this is such a huge taboo topic sometimes. And people don't really realize that it's such a huge part of self-care and we should normalize it and have lots more conversations around this. Yeah, we should normalize it like the um, commercials do because <laughs> most oh, yeah. every commercial, there's some theme of sex. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let's let's change the narrative here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. I really have enjoyed you. Oh, thank you so much. Wow, that was definitely some steamy hot tea. And I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoyed having this conversation. It was so open. And I think as women, we need to start owning our sexuality, owning our feminism in a way that we are not feeling shamed or pressured to be anyone but us. We are wonderful creatures and we should embrace everything about ourselves. This was so empowering to talk about the fact that you don't have to be intimate just to have intimacy with your partners. There are lots of ways that you can create that special moment, that special bond with your special person. And that can be as simple as, like she said, cuddling um, naked if you want or if you don't, that's fine too. Whatever you and your partner feel works best. Or just giving each other massages, you know, to relax. And don't forget to build that anticipation throughout your workday or throughout the weekend, however your life is set up with you and your partner. Just build that intimacy level by sending those text messages that kind of just let your partner know that you still find them sexy and attractive and you still want them. And especially if it's something that you also want from your partner, because this can also give them the confidence to kind of send you some messages to let you know that you are still sexy, that you're still desired as well. Now, we're going to move into spilling some tea on the tea of the week. So the tea of the week is organic keto cherry. No pun intended with the cherry. But this tea is smooth and it is, has an excellent depth and body. The cherry flavoring is so subtle and it has these great rose hints that gives this tea a wildly exotic taste. Now, if you would like to find organic keto cherry tea or any of my tea blends, please go to beautifullyunbalanced.com slash shop to get your tea today. Now, if you would like to hear more topics, there's something that you really want to hear us talk about, please send me an email. Go to 
Time for Tea, Makita, M-I-K-I-T-A at gmail.com and send me what's on your mind, what you want to hear more of. Well, that is all the tea that I have to spill for today. Until next time, namaste.